What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Will and Hunter are back. We're going to look at uh, what went right and what went wrong against Murray State, and then we are going to look forward to Houston. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com, or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. Welcome to the first of the season from here. It's potable. We did some preview podcasts, but this is we're, we're in it. We're in the thick of it now. We've got Houston's favorite son, Hunter Davidson and Will McKay joining us. Not only are you Houston's favorite son because you're from there, but you took over Houston Twitter, Houston football Twitter today. <laughs> yeah, they got mad at me. Uh, they got mad at my keys to the game where and I'll you know, I, to me, I compare this guy that they have, Tank Dell, and I was being complimentary of him, to frankly, um, to Deshaun Jackson. He's a, you know, he's really slender and, and extremely fast. He's a guy that you don't, I, you know, you may not have anyone on your team that can cover him. Like, it doesn't matter who they, they play. Like, nobody's going to be, like, running with this guy. And I think similarly to when Deshaun Jackson was playing, part of the game plan when you have a guy like that is, okay, anytime we get a chance to tackle him, let's make sure that we make count. And let's make yeah. sure he feels us because one of the only ways to stop him is to is to knock him out of the game, not like maim him intentionally. But, <laughs> but like a part, a part of it too is like Reggie Pearson only knows one way to tackle something. I mean, yeah. it is a train wreck every time Reggie Pearson is involved. And it, I mean, he, he's going to hurt every, some of our players, I think, this yeah. year. But, I mean, I, I want to see him get a shot at this guy because I'm not sure his effectiveness is going to be the same post-Reggie <laughs> Pearson impact. I saw someone say you weren't claiming to like last boy scout him. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Hey, I will say, I want to say this. I'm glad that you're, you're having me and will on this podcast. You know, this is this podcast. I, in my opinion, it's not the official podcast of Redder sports. We know that it's not the official, but We're it is well aware. It is the only podcast that is the intended audience is Redder sports. I'm, I'm convinced of that. There's a thousand podcasts out there. I mean, everyone, your neighbor has a podcast. Oh, yeah. Your hairdresser has a bo- podcast. Your bartender has a podcast. Everyone's got one. There's 50,000 of them. There's 28 associated with Red Raider Sports. But this is the only one where the audience is Red Raider Sports members. We don't that's, want it expanding beyond that. That's true. At all. I mean, I'm sure somebody <laughs> out there outside of Red Raider Sports yeah. has stumbled across it. But you're not going to hear us like shilling for this podcast to get put out there anywhere because we want it limited to Red Raider sports people. And so that's I'm, inside, inside yeah. baseball, the yeah. most inside baseball podcast in existence. Yes, exactly. which is why I was ridiculed for never promoting it. But now you see the light. You see, I have seen the light. I've yes, seen the light. You, you see the purpose. But yeah, it's the art uh, film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, the, I guess you talk about Tank Dell. No, yeah, Tank Dell. That's Tank Dell. I, I, for a split second, I was like, wait, it's Bell, not Dell. Uh, I think that's a good seg- like kind of connecting point between what we saw against Murray State. Um, you know, and I asked you this question, both of y'all, it, during the defensive preview, are we sure that our secondary is good and not just old? And I'm afraid I might know the answer. <laughs> well, I take that back. I think we are, we are good in terms of – they're good at certain things, but I don't know if we have a cover guy. 
like Rayshon Williams might be the only one and he struggled Saturday. The thing I, the, the thing that I think that you have to look at too and you have to remind yourself of is that it's the first game in a brand new scheme that is radically different than the scheme you've run the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and the thing, and I know a lot of people have talked about it to death, but like the thing that really stuck out the most to me uh, that, you know, that uh, McGuire talked about a bunch in his press conference was just eye discipline. And I think he brought it up legitimately like six or seven times um, when he was talking about the secondary. Um, and so to me, that's, that's a, it's a fixable issue. So I just want to know, maybe these guys are just thinking too much out of the gate instead of just, you know, doing what they've been taught for the last seven, eight months here. So maybe it's that, it, I mean, ultimately, but, you know, in, in two games, we're definitely going to know whether yeah. this secondary is good or not. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mixed bag because I thought there were things in spurts that were, that were good with the secondary, but there were a lot of just guys blowing by guys down the field, which to me, that's, that's a technique issue. You, you've got way too good a like physical players to have that happen on a regular basis. And you didn't help them out with coverages at all. I mean, it was basically like, can you cover this guy? I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, the the most concerning thing, and I, and I mean, I feel like we've talked about this as tech fans for 10 years. It's just like when the ball goes into the air, it's 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 we are not gonna win that battle. And I don't know what it is. It's it just it feels like we just kind of freeze. I mean, you saw I pointed out in the the article I posted on Red Air Sports, but like you know, I sit in that end zone near that end zone where um, we had that, I don't even think it was number 17, whoever it was, we had them double covered. They ran a slot fade. Um, and like, we had two guys in better position to catch the ball than their receiver. And we both just missed it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then the, yeah. the one where Fry got hurt, you know, Dadrian Taylor just took him out. Like he took our own guy out. Like, I don't, I just, and Hunter was the one who pointed that out. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned that, I don't know if that's fixable. You know, they talk about like Trayvon or uh, no, uh, the Cowboys corner. Trayvon Diggs. Tra- Trayvon Diggs. They talk about him just basically being like, he may not be able to cover anybody, but if the ball's in the air, it's his. And I feel like we're, yeah. we're almost the opposite. Like, we'll be, we can get around the ball, but I don't know. Hunter, did you have any thoughts on the secondary? So, I, I, I'm, it makes me go back a couple months when we had. I think, and this this is coming from Ben Golan, so I don't know how much he can be relied on, but he, he was kind of indicating that we had one spot left. And, you know, you're I'm thinking about our team, and we were kind of flirting with this, like, junior college um, receiver athlete guy yeah. out of maybe yeah. California. I can't remember where he went. And I'm, I'm always like, can we add a pass rusher? Um, you know, can we get maybe a linebacker in the, this receiver that we're flirting with? And we add the Wyoming defensive back. And I'm like, that's odd, you know I mean? in the secondary, like we've got a ton of bodies there. We're really old. And now it's to me, you know, maybe this is an overreaction, but having watched Murray state, it's extremely apparent why we did that now. Yes. Uh, Because we maybe needed another cover guy. I I don't know what to make of, of that because um, they were getting behind us. I I love our sec. I think I like our secondary within like 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. I think there's like really good tackle, like muddy waters. I'm, I'm going to be become obsessed with muddy waters and the the way we're, we're using him. Um, I like danger and Taylor as a tackler. He's, he's a really good tackler for his size. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Reggie Pearson is like literally trying to kill someone on every play. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's the ref, be careful. Or one of our guys, you're going to, you're going to become a story in Houston. I I hope he doesn't tackle U of H too hard. (laughs) I will say that I maybe try to get a message to him to kind of, (laughs) <laughs> not tackle them as too, too hard. But um, anyway, I mean, I, I like our guys close to the line of scrimmage beyond that. I think it's a crapshoot. And beyond that, they've been, you know, they have uh, guys have been beating us deep for the last couple seasons and it's yeah. some of the same bodies. And then really though, it's the one guy you're missing is uh, fields who's maybe pretty good. You know, right. you lose two yeah. of the best cornerbacks in our, in, in like the last 10 years are McPherson and fields. And we've, you know, lost them the last two years. And that's problematic, even though we still have a lot of bodies. I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think we'll learn, you know, I think maybe, maybe we'll learn something this week, hopefully um, that like you're saying that maybe the first game was kind of a one-off thing or we weren't, you know, we were just saying, Hey, go cover this guy and not do anything to help him out. Right. Uh, but 
And the other part of it to me is, is, um, you know, like some of the Daydream Taylor plays, they weren't physical errors, I thought, or it wasn't just like some guy from Murray State was just physically beating him or catching the ball over him. It was just like we weren't, we didn't know where the ball was. We were running into a guy or or running ourselves out of the play. So I would think that that is something that is, can be fixed easier than just like, okay, we need to grow four inches and get a lot faster. (laughs) You know, you can't. Well, on the play, he, we were running cover zero. And the reason the guy ended up being double covered is because uh, I can't remember if it was Dunlap or whoever saw that they were going deep and kind of drifted into the area. But uh, Dadrian Taylor is covering the slot fade. You know, he's he's playing off of him. And he gets a good jam- – like he disrupts his route, forces him to the sideline, is in perfect position, and then just misses the ball. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's just something – maybe it was just a bad day, you know, and, and that happens and hopefully it can get fixed. Um I did just, or I guess before I move on, anything else, Murray State, other than like, um, I think I texted, I texted several different groups of people that the moment, like, I, I was texting this before uh, Jared or Jaron, Jaron, I can never say his name, Jaron Bradley. I always yeah. want to say Jared Bradley, but that is not what it is. Before uh, Bradley, I think the D is silent. I'm being serious. Oh, okay. Well, then that helps. Before I was texting people before Bradley was tackled that I'm in love with Zach Kitley. I mean, a flea flicker inside your own five or 10 first play of the game. I was just like, you know what? We had a whole podcast on here shilling for Sonny Cumbie to be the offensive coordinator. And I instantly forgot all about it. You know what you're going to, you're going to laugh at Um, one of my buddies who is a admittedly a neutral third party, not necessarily a tech fan. We were watching the game together. Um, but he's a big like knows a lot of guys in cultural ball. Uh, used to be a coach. Um, he uh, he was like, you know, how I know your high school, your head coach is a high school coach. He ran a flea flicker on the first play of the season <laughs> to open the year. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. and he and he wasn't and he wasn't like talking crap. He was saying it like it, like he just loved it. He loved yeah. the fact that we did that. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been I, indoctrinated into like this ultra conservative i don't coaching to not lose my job he's like yeah. i'm coaching to win this game yeah exactly um but the, the the two things that really i think stuck out to me that i think we should see some fruit from in coming weeks the first thing and i know everybody's talked about a lot but the aggressiveness and just like the ability of the defensive line to just like stay in a backfield couldn't remember the last game i watched where that happened consistently over the last blocks. 12 games yes where guys are shedding blocks getting yep. in the backfield and making plays couldn't tell you the last time that happened i know the last couple of schemes you've run you more have used your defensive linemen as like you know more gap guys fillers. who are just gap fillers yeah which to me i've i don't really love that unless you have elite linebackers which you have kind of but to me i, I love what i'm seeing on the defensive line i think that's going to translate well this upcoming weekend the other thing I loved that I think we've been sorely lacking since the last time Emmett Jones was your wide receiver coach is your receivers were extremely physical. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's really frustrated me the last two years that Matt Wells and Joel Falani recruited all of these like six four like Hulk sized receivers, but it never seemed like we ever really took advantage of that with any of those guys. Yeah. And to me, that's all Zach Kitley really did. Because, um, I mean, if you would have told me that between Loic and Jaron that those guys were going to, I mean, both have 100-yard games and really just look like dominant receivers out there, with Miles Price being like a distant kind of thought, I would have never thought that's how it was going to turn out. Um, so so I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, but that's really what stuck out to me. Yeah. Hunter, you got anything? What is the per, uh, will that I see these hats that you're wearing a lot? <laughs> we talked about it before you got on the Zoom. Oh, it, no. It's the upside down Dallas. Yeah. Hat. Okay. And it, I see them. And I, what is like the, what is the what with that? Ben Why is it upside down? Okay. So, uh, so f- real quick. Uh, so, Dak Prescott and Ben DiNucci own like a hat brand company in, DF- in DFW. And they started it during COVID. And so because the world was like upside down and crazy, they just, that's how they made the logo. That's literally okay. what the meeting is. All right. Yeah. I, did, I had no idea because I see him all the time and I'm like, I don't understand. You know, why is that? Doing? <laughs> so uh, there you go. Sorry for being a distraction. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was Hunter's takeaway from Murray State game. <laughs> no, I mean, um, yeah, I, I was, I came away from it. Um, 
impressed with the offense, obviously. Um, I don't think we – and then having rewatched the game and kind of looked at some other stuff and then gone back and looked at, like, what I was thinking before after watching Kitley at Western Kentucky. Yeah. Um, we didn't do what I was kind of expecting. Or, you know, he, he really relies on um, a lot of, like – horizontal pass i mean and he'll, he'll if you listen to him in a press conference he talks about it, he's like we want to stretch the defense we want to stress the entire field yeah. vertically horizontally we want to make them really afraid of us throwing deep so that's why we throw these check downs and we throw these quick screens and we threw i think three passes behind the line of scrimmage the entire game and there was maybe one or two screens um there were no handoff jet sweeps i think we had the one that was kind of a pass mm-hmm. to tyler king um, and it was like, um, that's, I was expecting those that to be maybe like a third of our snaps. Um, and instead of like 5%. So I, I don't, I'm like, part of me wonders if we just didn't even show anything and we're still, you know, score touchdowns on our first eight possessions. And, you know, we decided not to, to stop scoring. And it was actually kind of hilarious to watch Baron uh, later in that game <laughs> and how like frustrated he was playing yes. in that offense. And I was thinking to myself, like, that is what you want to see. You, you don't want to, I've seen game, you, you watch t- games like that and people just some quarterback who's like the second or third string goes in and he's like a robot. And he's just, you know, like, and like Baron was not that at all. I mean, yeah. he, he was visibly frustrated with, yes. with what was going on. You know, we're winning 63 to 10 and like they have nine guys in the box and we're like running it up the middle and he's yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, we beat him kind of like we were supposed to. I think after their quarterback got hurt, uh, it was just game over. Ooh, yeah. I'm actually yeah. looking, I'm, I'm probably going to bet I don't have access to it right now, but uh, Jackson State, the Deion Sanders team is playing Murray State next week. And I don't think the their like line is accounting for Murray State having maybe the worst quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, the guy <laughs> could barely throw the ball. But yeah. And that, that seemed like, or level, I think, indicated on the sideline that seemed like a pretty serious injury, too. Uh, I couldn't tell what was wrong with him in the stadium. I didn't know if it was like he got, he just got the crap knocked out of him or what it was, but they said it was a bad ankle sprain, but. You know uh, what else? If I was uh, like a, a, like an FCS co- or I guess on FCS coach, but if I was like an FBS coach at like a, like Miami of Ohio or somewhere like that, I would be looking to get that guy to transfer in. Cause I think he could play. He was That's good. Me. I was I was also I was very happy to see McGuire make a point to go talk to number 17. Like I don't care that he trash talked Adrian Fry, that dude could play. <laughs> he could fly. I'll, I will take him on my team. Uh but yeah, I it was it was I think Hunter said it. It's like you beat them like you're supposed to. And unfortunately, it's been a few years since you've done that to a team of that level. And so it was nice just yeah. to do that. Um the the vertical passing game pushing it downfield was just a thing of beauty it's something we've missed here well you can blame oc you can blame quarterback whatever and i know people were complaining that donovan's balls were a little underthrown and people are going to think i'm just Eh. chilling for donovan because that's who i wanted to start but like if you the one to to bradley the one where he was wide open you don't want to put that one you don't want to overthrow that like, just put it on him. He's going to score regardless. And then the other one that people had a problem with was the one where he kind of split two defenders down the seam. And that's one that, yeah, it would be better to lay it out. But a lot of times on deep balls, those underthrown ones are what give DBs trouble. And, like, that's where you get your pass yeah. interferences. And so, like, yes, ideally a perfect pass every time. But, I mean, it's not the end of the world that he underthrew a few balls. So the thing, too, is, is like, I think what people a lot of times don't realize is that there's a lot of strategy in that in the last five years that's changed a lot yeah. where like if you watch the chiefs play and if you watch how Mahomes will underthrow guys by legit 10 yards, sometimes like specifically whenever they still had Tyree Hill, he would underthrow him by like five or 10 yards. Like what it looked like. It was almost like he's catching up, coming back like, to catch a punt, <laughs> but he was doing it. He did it on purpose. Like it's an intentional thing because you're, you're trying to see if you can get a PI, like you said, but also whenever you have like an elite playmaker in space, it actually gives him a better chance to maybe make a play on the ball than if you're just trying to like just sail it downfield. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, like I said, you, it would be awesome to hit everybody in stride every time and that, but no quarterback's going to do that. And so an underthrow, sure. You know what? And again, I think it's, I think it's also fair to say like Donovan Smith came off the bench in that game, you know, like, and cold. And, yeah. And yeah. apparently didn't take a single rep with the ones. You know, that's what Kitley, that's <laughs> yeah. what Kitley said. I also liked Kitley saying, because I, I, this drives me nuts. I see it on Twitter. I see it on Red Air Sports. It's like, 
well, you know, like, are they going to have to change the offense? Because, you know, Donovan's more of a runner. And Kitley was like, he's not. <laughs> like, like, he can he make every not. throw yeah. I need him to make. Like, he can also run, yes. And Shuck can run. I mean, yes. I, I think it's yes. a legit – I think it's a – now, taking aside the fact that Shuck has made contact with the ground – two times in his last two runs and broken a, a bone possibly in those yeah. two runs yeah. taking out the, the injury part. But I, I think it's a legit fair question of which one is the quote unquote better runner. I right. think one might be like better at short yardage or might, one might be faster and like more elusive in space. Um, but I, I think like just as a whole, they, they, they're probably pretty equal running. I mean, yeah. it's not like, but uh, I, I will, I, what you're saying that someone asked Kitley, will the offense change, you know, with Donovan? And he said, no, I, I, I just fl- frankly don't believe that. I mean, w- when you have a guy that's 230, 230, 240 pounds who can run, who doesn't get hurt when he gets, you know, tackled, um, <laughs> not I, I, how does the offense not change? How, how does the threat of that, you know, just the threat of that not change other things you're doing? Right. Especially, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, especially when your offensive line can't open up running lanes. You need him to occupy a man, to occupy a gap, to make Houston think like you're going to have to use him to get some kind of advantage, whether it be numbers, whether it be scheme, even even if you don't, you know, even if he only has like five cold runs, you can use that threat to help your offensive line, just like why Teeter is going to lead the the tight end group in snaps, because I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball without him on the field. Like he was their best lineman on Saturday. Like anytime they ran counter or power or sweep or whatever, he was the one. Like they ran counter with him as the tackle instead of the tackle, and he was leading up in the hole. Like you're gonna yeah. have to have Teeter on the field to run the ball, but you might not. You might could spread them out a little bit more if Donovan is occupying a gap or a man. I think too that the even more so than the secondary. I think you. I think DeRuder is smart enough as a coordinator, and he. I think he probably knows what he has up front. That you can probably play more zone to mask some of your deficiencies, and you're probably not going to have to blitz as much as maybe you know we were thinking to create pressure. Now, obviously, Murray State their offensive line is is what it is. It's an SES offensive line, but I mean, the, I can't remember a play where you didn't get significant pressure on the QB. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, if that holds true, then you can run a lot more zone, which I mean, really with DeRuiter traditionally, that's kind of what he's going to do more of anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really do think your defensive game plan week one is going to not reflect really what you do most of the year. Yeah. Um, and, and to Hunter's point, I, I think offense, I think you will see screens, especially with as aggressive as Houston is going to be. Yeah. Um, I think you'll see screens. I think you'll see, you know, some delay stuff, some some sideline to sideline stuff to get those guys' eyes moving, um, which they didn't see week one um, at all. But so to all that to say, Houston. Well, I guess we can start on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, you know, I just watched the UTSA game, and the thing that I noticed is they were they were using either a safety or. And I didn't – Hunter pointed it out before I even got to that in the game, but they started just standing up one of their defensive ends behind, like, their defensive tackles just to spy Harris, the UTSA quarterback. And if they're doing that, we better be able to run the football. <laughs> if one of their defensive ends is just standing behind the defensive line, I would imagine our running game will improve. Uh, and especially a lot of times when you're as aggressive as – and we saw this a little bit last year against Houston. When you're – defensive line and linebackers are as aggressive as they are they'll create holes on their own they'll out they'll overrun a play we saw the tech defense do it last year um and so i I do think the running game might look better this weekend against that over like you may have you may pop yard you know gains for eight ten twelve and then have like minus four because they're so aggressive but i think it might look a little better yeah, it's, I, I saw that too, and I, I just assumed when I was watching or rewatching the UTSA game that that's what they would do to us. That his name is uh, Nelson Caesar. He's like this uh, four-star guy that had a ton of SEC offers and had an offer from us. He's kind of a younger guy, but um, they were using him to spy the Frank Harris, and he actually yeah, Harris was eluding him. I mean, Harris is yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so then, I, then I listened to uh, their defensive coordinator his press conference today, and he said he made it seem like they had no intention whatsoever of doing that that they wanted to rush for 
um, the entire game against UTSA and just like the situation Harris was just getting loose and they were destroying the UTSA line with just three guys. Yeah. So I think they, they kind of went to it on the fly and just the, the way you talked about it kind of made me second guess whether that is something they'll do against us or if they'll kind of go back to what they're, what they wanted to do originally against UTSA and just have like a traditional four man rush. Um, they do a lot of weird stuff, you know, like they'll, uh, they stand up their, they'll have four defensive linemen, but like only one of them will be on the ground, you know, yeah. with a hand in the dirt, yeah. they'll stand them up. They do a bunch of stuff like that. Um, I think they're, um, they had tempo bothered them from UTSA and it was not anything like what we're, I mean, we're going to be coming yes, at them yes. in a much different way. And that's a great stressing them in yes, a different yes. way too. Um, and, and I think, and UTSA's receivers kind of, kind of won a lot of uh, battles. They had a, one of their better players, Gervarius Owens got knocked out in the secondary. I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, I, I think um, I, their pass rush is legit. Um, they've got three guys that are look pretty good to me. Uh, I, I think there's a version of the game where we do an okay job blocking them and we score a lot of points. And then I think there's an, another version of the game where we have trouble blocking them and they still aren't really able to like capitalize on that. And Donovan either scrambles and runs or he just kind of evades them long enough to, to still throw the ball. And so I think there's that, that if I'm U of H, I guess that that would concern me that there's like, there's versions of the game where like things go poorly for them and they give up a lot of points. And then there's versions where they do things that what the, they, they do what they want to do. And we're, we're still scoring, yes. you know, say, so, um, yeah, I, I think we're going to score a lot of points. Yes. I'll be disappointed I, if we don't. I also don't think um, from what I've watched so far and what I've seen, maybe I'm crazy. I think that Houston team last year was a better team that we played out yeah, of the I gate than this one is. Oh, yep. And everyone's, but everyone's talking about this one like it's the it's last year's team, and it's yep. a the, the roster is very different. For this I don't team. think they have their their defensive coordinator said they have five guys from their defense that are in NFL camps right now. Yeah, that's last what I was about year. to say, and I don't. I'm not sure they have because wh- where did that corner? Yeah, he's he was Mark a Jones. top pick. They Mark, had a yeah. lineman that I think was a first round or maybe a top thirty or forty pick. Yeah, they don't mm-hmm. they don't have that this year and i i I noticed that same thing and it goes back to what i said last year i've seen worse tech teams beat better houston teams and last year falls into that category once again it feels like um but yeah i I get i get annoyed sometimes with with tempo after big plays because i sometimes i feel like it's a wasted down when you're just running inside zone especially with the offensive line we currently have but there were several times where utsa were they were snapping the ball and Houston was still getting the call. Like everybody was standing, looking at the guy making the call and that, like you said, they weren't going as fast as Kitley will want to go. So it'll be very interesting to see how they deal with that. And the thing with Kitley is, and you know, I I know Taylor, you, you talked about this week and then uh, Hunter, you did in your video as well, but um, I just love how he is using so much kind of like sleight of hand with motion to get guys open and get guys matchups he wants, Yeah, which is, it's a little bit different than what he did at, um, at Western Kentucky, and it's much more in the vein of what Cliff did while when he was here. Yes. To me, to me, that was probably the biggest standout from last week was watching them, uh, like watching how he was scheming things up. I was like, this just looks like what Cliff would do. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And, yes, and you didn't. You only really saw Jet. You didn't see any like orbit motion or reverse yeah. motion or like you just saw simple jet sweep, and you know he's got more in his bag. Yeah. Than that. Um, For sure. And I would imagine we'll see it. Uh, I also I don't think that their secondary like I think they want to play man, but like Hunter pointed out, they couldn't play man against UTSA successfully. So I I don't I don't know who they have that's going to cover Bradley and Fungi and Price and Sparkman like I and Cleveland for that matter. Like I don't know I don't see or them Peter. being able yeah Brady Boyd. I don't. I don't see them. I don't. I don't see them being able to cover them consistently. Like even you know Marcus Jones last year, as good as he is, he just was small. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and his comma had easy. Yeah, I mean, easy put him. He was, yeah. it, was, it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I kind of feel like it's this, like Alex Hogan may be their best DB, and like he could he, he transferred for a reason from here. You know, like I, it's interesting. I don't know. I just don't see because, like, and Hunter pointed out when we were texting about the game, uh, UTSA con- dropped two fourth and two a fourth and a fourth and two and a fourth and one that like they beat the press coverage and were open and just dropped dropped the ball. And yeah, they, they outplayed him. I mean that 
yeah. UTSA definitely outplayed them. It was the high, it was the biggest discrepancy in success rate for a team that won the game. So mm-hmm. out of all the teams that won, U of H lost the success rate differential more than any other teams that won. Yeah. So uh, and and success rate is you know is a per play thing like um, it's five yards on first down. It's half you know um, it's it's based on it's based on the down and, and yards to gain. I mean it's a uh, kind of a way to equate yards to points as opposed mm-hmm. to just looking at total yards. But uh, it's a telling stat and it's I mean I think it's it it is indicative of them getting just outplayed. Now they <laughs> I honestly I think it's going to be hostile. In love, yeah, um, yeah. Yes. I don't yeah. know if it will be as tough as like that dome and what they were doing. Now I know y'all were saying we've got some speakers, but they were pulling some shenanigans, like UTSA was. <laughs> like I've never crowd noise. I have never seen a and like so it would it'd be like third and long, and it's just deafening. And Clayton Tunes back there, and he scrambles for a first down, and they're lining up, and it's still the exact same volume as it was on third and long on a on a back-breaking scramble for a first down on first and 10 and i'm like what and and they drew uh created u of h had six false starts dana accused them of this before the game and kind of riled them up which meant which may have backfired Um, but i I listened to their uh, press conference and they said that they they had all this up-tempo stuff that they were trying to do against utsa that they had to just throw out because they couldn't hear and Mm -hmm. so this week they have gone um, kind of much more on hand signals and it makes me think they're going to we're going to be getting a much more up-tempo u of h offense but uh, which will lead to penalties naturally and we saw that with kitley's up-tempo stuff yeah it definitely seemed like they were just kind of playing crowd noise on a loop which whatever i mean i was happy to see because how many times in the past couple of years have i guess twice have we gone to baylor and been like they're playing the music too long but what was the punishment nothing nothing and so I, yeah. I'm ex- I'm glad that we are now doing it because if, if the Big 12 or whoever, powers that be, aren't going to do anything about it, then we better be doing it too. Um, and we definitely were on Saturday, like you've heard. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think Houston wants to be aggressive, and they can do this in the AAC. They are we going to get the same Dana, that onside kick, fourth and three from the 30, fake punts? Won't that tell you? I mean, if he told you I all don't- you needed to know – last year by acting that way that they could not beat us straight up and now we are in lubbock with what i think we think is a better team i would be surprised if it's not the same unless he thinks they're better Uh, this year i just i don't know if you can go on the road and have that much just kind of like ballsiness with what you do yeah here's the thing if you're at home or and and i know they played at tdecu but i mean like it's, it's a home game for them um if you're not at home, those plays, if they go wrong, if you're on the road, that crowd, like a crowd in Lubbock, is going to eat you alive as soon as you start making all those mistakes, and it is going to snowball momentum-wise. On couldn't, you, couldn't you say the opposite, too, though? Like, if it works, yeah. they take the crowd out of it. <laughs> but, I mean, I see what you're saying. I, I think know. it could go either way. It would, it, I mean, either way, it would be hard to imagine it all going according to plan like it did last year. I mean, it all basically worked – Seriously, Perfectly. so but then, that would but be then hard once, to imagine. But then it ran out of gas. Like yeah. then oh, they, yeah. they ran out of gas after that. And that's why that's why I'm saying Holgerson told you all you needed to know about that matchup. The fact that he did that. Yeah. What do you, do you think they're Very going true. to Hunter? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean Dana's uh, he's kind of hard to predict because he's become much more conservative seemingly offensively. Um, we were he I didn't I didn't know this but he doesn't call the plays anymore uh, he yeah. after the second game of last year this guy named Shannon Dawson started calling plays um but so he's gone you know he used to be seeming seemingly like super super aggressive and kind of offensively with like their scheme and now it's sort of conservative but at the same time I saw that game last year and it was you know every fourth down they went for it and onside kicks and um, no, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He, he's definitely not afraid to do, you know, out of the box stuff. He said, he, you know, he took the ball in overtime and then he gave, <laughs> went on an analytics rant afterwards, which I kind of took issue with. He, he's like, we had a guy, this is, this is what he said. He said, we had a guy study the last 10 years and in 54% of the overtime situations, the team that got the ball first won. So now therefore we get, if we get the ball first, we're going to, that's what we're going to do. And so my, okay. My first initial thought there is like, so 10 years, I don't know how many overtime games that was, but 
overtimes aren't coin flips. Like a team is supposed to win almost in all these games. I'm looking at the lines right now. I mean, there's a, a minus four, there's a minus 27, there's a minus 20 and a half. I mean, one of the teams is really favored. So what if like the team that won was, was like only supposed to win, we were supposed to win 60% of those games, the team that got the ball first right. and they only won 55 because getting the ball first is, is not an advantage, yeah. you know? So I don't know if how in depth they went into it, but his explanation like didn't really pass muster for me, but that, yeah. that's just a, kind of a tangentist, but it just, it tells me that Dana's willing to kind of do, do some crazy stuff. So we, I'm sure if I'm Dana though, I'm thinking like, okay, now last year I did all this stuff. Are they going to be expecting it? And maybe now you don't do it. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's true too. He, he will have tricks, but you're right. I may, it might not be the same type. It may be, we may see five trick plays or something crazy, like out of the gate. I don't know. I, but I would imagine, I just, I, I don't, I, I respect Holgerson's football mind too much to think that like, if he did all of that last year knowing that he couldn't beat us straight up, I can't imagine he, unless he just thinks he can out coach this new guy. I can't imagine he thinks any differently this year away from home, but who knows? Um, so Tech offense, Houston defense. The, I think Tech has the advantage there. I, I, I think I think Hunter said we are going to score a lot of points, and I could see several different scenarios where that happens. <laughs> Y'all agree? I think, yes, and I think Kitley will take advantage of their aggressiveness, and he'll make them. He'll try to make them pay for it. Yeah. And then I think too in the run game, I think that uh, I think you're going to run a lot more, maybe like powers and traps and like counters and things where you try to set up to like take advantage of their aggressiveness in the run game all right hunter you got any closing thoughts on our how our offense matches up against their defense i think just like what i said earlier um i think we will be able to throw the ball on them and i think we'll be able to do it in situations even when their their plan which i in my i think their plan is going to be to try to get after donovan when their plan works mm-hmm. and so i that that part gives me some comfort um i think um that there's um a lot of the, I get the the fear will be them getting pressure on Donovan and him not reacting well to it, which I, I've seen him in the past that happen. Um, yeah. You know, it's Oklahoma State mm-hmm. or and maybe a little bit of Baylor um, and maybe like the first half of the Mississippi State game. But but this is a, you know, a, a different year and a different scheme. Um, and so I think he's progressed. I think like for a quarterback, I, I, and I think that the, their biggest leaps are probably in that, like, you know, reading a defense and make, making quicker decisions and um, yeah. like pressure, not bothering them the same as it would when they're making their, you know, when it's their hundredth drop back. Right. Yes. Oh um, yeah. That's honestly a good point. And I, and like, again, I've, I've been a Donovan guy. And so like, I tend to say like, look how, look at like Donovan is better. Like he's better than he was last year, but Shuck probably is too, because Kitley is coaching both of them. And I think, you know, the, the Shuck, the people who like, you know, who are going, wanting Shuck to start, I think they're the same way. Like they don't see like Donovan looked so much cleaner and smoother in the pocket than he did last year. On, on, significantly, significantly on Shuck and Donovan, it's been kind of interesting. I've been following like some people who bet college football in a serious manner. And there's been like two groups um, that out there, there's been one group that has been betting U of H like on the quarterback news. Mm-hmm. And then, and think, you know, because it is a thing like, if a quarterback gets hurt, generally people start betting against them. And there, yeah. and then there's this other group, this counter group, who's kind of one in terms of moving the, the number. And they're, they're kind of like, no, 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 you guys don't understand. This isn't like the normal situation. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> just as good. <laughs> backup, is, backup is really, really, really good. It's a guy that like we kind of thought maybe even would start, but uh, mm-hmm. so that's been like somewhat interesting. I, I got like a big order. Some people that were trying to get me to bet on tech at a certain number, we couldn't get it. Cause it's like minus three, minus three and a half. And that's the group that's like Donovan Smith is for real is, yeah. is you know, they're thinking. That is interesting. Uh, all right. So the, uh, the other side of the ball, Houston's offense, the, the first thing I thought of when I was just watching the UTSA, UTSA game is as much as I worry about our offensive line, Houston's offensive line is worse, which I look forward to seeing our defensive line against that offensive line, if that's the case. Unless UTSA's defensive line is better than I'm giving them credit for. Yeah, and the thing, too, that sticks out to me about Houston is, other than, like, Tankdale, like, who is their next, like, big-time playmaker that they really have on offense? That's interesting. 
Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say what's interesting about that because it's tech related is they have a true freshman, Matthew Golden, who was like a big time sprinter, Mm -hmm. I think, in the Mm -hmm. Houston area. And then they have a really, really young guy from the Houston area quarterback who uh, went to USC as a receiver and then transferred. And they're taking snaps from Keyshawn Carter. I mean, early. And they they look good. I mean, they're they're young, though, but they they look like they're going to be good at some point. I think that's one of those deals where and we we fell into it too. Is like, there's so much there with Keyshawn, but he just might not be a football player. <laughs> like all of yeah. his skills may not translate how we thought they would. Yeah. And the other part of that equation too, with their skill players is like, I mean, you know, no, nothing against him like personally, but like it went to John Henry as your starting running back. That's going to give me major questions about what you got going on. Yeah. As far as your running back room. Also uh, the guy who was, their starter last year, uh, I think McCaskill is his name, is out for, I think, the, I think the whole year. Mm. He tore the ACL in the spring anyway. Um, but, I mean, the thing, too, with Henry is, I mean, he got banged up after 10 plays. They're acting like he's going to start again this week. But I, I just don't know how he can even win any matchup in pass pro with our defensive line. No. For our and linebackers. They- Especially when last year, well, Hunter, you always have this number. What was their average yards per carry last year? It was like 1.3 or something. Well, when you take, if you take out tune runs, they had yeah. 44 yards on 21 carries. Yeah, that's right. Like if they cannot run the ball, we saw it last year. Like that just shuts, that shuts everything down. It makes our job as a defense, the Texas Tech defense job so much easier. Um, and yeah, and you're right. I just, I don't see how, that offensive line blocks Josiah Pierre, Tyree Wilson, Philip Bleedy, Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchins. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. Now, it may not matter because we saw last week they couldn't block, you know, Murray State couldn't block the defensive line and they still were able to get those throws off for, for you know, for, for big yards. But I would imagine we won't, you know, single cover uh, Hunter's boy. Um, Tank Dell. Like, I, I can't imagine we're going to be single covering him. Like, I think, like Will said, I think we're going to be playing some more zone, help those guys out some. Um, but I, I, and I know, Hunter, you like to make fun of me for, for me and Ben Golan for saying this, but I don't think Clayton Toon is very good. I just don't. Like, he will give you the ball. He did it against UTSA. Like, he, there's just something. He didn't have any interceptions. It. Huh? He didn't have any, he didn't throw any picks against you. No, but he 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 dropped one, he or he fumbled one, and then they had a dropped pick. But like yeah. against us, it's I don't know. There's just something. It's like he he wants to give you the ball. You just got to give him the opportunity. Um, well, after after he threw all those picks in the opener against us, didn't he like barely turn it over the rest of the whole year last year? I, yeah, he didn't have a pick, and like he went on some crazy streak. I think of not throwing an interception. So I know yeah. what I'm saying. And then we went I'm on saying. a crazy streak of no not creating any turnovers. That's yeah, that game. that's true. Yeah, uh, but it, to me, I've having watched him. I, I really, I truly believe, and I don't feel this way normally about a game, but that I've isolated like his running. And it's and it's not necessarily the volume that they do it, or that he's just this elite runner. Um, but it's the timing of when he is running with the football. It is in the the most important plays of the game. It's yeah. it's um, inside the five yard line. It's in the red zone in general. It's third and like five and and shorter. It's design yeah. stuff, and then it's third and eight and greater on scrambles. And like so, anytime he's running the ball, if you're if we're stopping him. It's in the most important plays of the game. And I, I, to me, I, I just don't know how we lose the game if we can prevent him from hurting us on third and long scrambles, on third and three when they do these design runs or in the, you know, in, in goal line type stuff. And he hurt us last. I mean, it was really, really the, you know, the best part of what they did last year against us was some of his runs. And it was the same against UTSA. I mean, he was extremely effective. He only, he only carried the ball, I think, eight or nine times. But he scored a touchdown. He had the biggest, the game-winning two-point conversion. Yeah. Um, there was multiple first. It's almost always a first-down conversion, you know. Yeah. And um, and the and the other part of that is like I think we physically, you know, we can. He's not an elite runner, so we, we should we should be able to stop. Him. Like it's not like um, we're talking about Vince Young or something where like that's the key to the game. It's like oh Jesus, you know. I mean, he we should be able to stop him. Like, yeah. So and even last, I mean, that, last year, like you said, he was incredibly effective running the ball against us, but ultimately it didn't really matter, <laughs> you know, like 
so it'll be interesting. I am, I think Hunter nailed it too, though, about what I'd be interested in what DeRuiter's plan for, for Dell is. Are they going to like hammer him? Are they going to put a guy in his face and a guy over the top? Are they going to straight double him? Are they going to just shade coverage to his side? Or are they just going to like, in your opinion, Hunter, is he good enough to, you know, get that type of game plan? I I think so. Yes. But, but I will say this, that if, if he is beating us over the top consistently on deep, deep throws and deep plays, it will be um, something extremely uncharacteristic for U of H in terms of just their offense. They, they're not a big play offense. They threw the ball one time more than 20 yards downfield against UTSA. They had one of the like lowest yards per plays in the country last year. Um, for whatever reason, it's just not something that they've done well. And so that I like that part. I mean, so if, um, so on one hand, yes, he, he, the player tank Dell is good enough to warrant that, but like, is there within their scheme? Is he, I don't, I'm not sure, but maybe he's, you know, maybe even if he's running 10 yard routes, you still want to like give him that kind of attention because right. we, we can't let him catch it like underneath with no one around him. Cause he, he can take it to the house. I mean, he, somebody, some people need to go watch him return this punt against UTSA. Yes. I mean, Me he and Hunter looks- both thought YouTube messed up. That's how I much thought- faster he was moving than everybody else. Yeah, he looks like Deshaun Jackson, like vintage Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yes, which, as I said, I've been hurt enough by Deshaun Jackson. I don't need Deshaun Jackson 2.0 ripping my heart out either. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't like Will said it like about Henry and their other running back. Number 21, he's, he's not bad, but he's not good. Yeah, he's like, kind of a bruiser. I think he's yeah. another Lincoln Riley that he, he ran off. Yeah. He's a USC transfer. Which- you know what's weird? It's that whenever um, whenever Dana was at uh, West Virginia, it seemed like every year they had at least two running backs that you were just always like, oh, this dude is going to be such a pain in the ass to play. Yes. And, because, and it's because they were just running backs who were physical. They were crafty. They knew just how to, like, squeeze out extra yards. Um, they were just like downhill runners. And he just says he hasn't had that at Houston yet. With well, it turns out it was a uh, – it was a – a West Virginia thing because they still have him. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he had him at West Virginia too. Yeah. It's, you know, he, he, uh, DeRuiter and him had some matchups, West Virginia. I mean, uh, Oklahoma state and AM. And then back when Dana was drastically different, DeRuiter was at air force and Dana was at U of H and they played each other a couple times. And so now it's like a, a kind of a totally different situation again from, in terms of each guy's like personnel and, and what they do, I'm sure it'll feel like a totally new matchup for them, even though they've seen each other several times. Here's here's, here's an interesting stat to think of, uh, and I, I just remember because I looked this up. So in the last two years as an OC, what do you think the fewest amount of points that Kitley is that Kitley offense has scored? Ooh, that's a good question. I would is say the uh, uh, Michigan State game, Indiana, or Illinois. They play, oh they played in Illinois and Indiana. There's a couple of those games they they scored the same amount of points in all those games. It's like it's thirty. It's thirty-one. Oh, I was gonna say thirty-one. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, in, in so, the Indiana game, I watched the Indiana game. They did. I don't even think they scored in the first like twenty minutes of that game. <laughs> I mean, they they kind of it was early on. You know, I mean, he, they, like it was probably before Kelly really had him going. And Indiana was a you know a better team. They weren't. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I know I, to your point, I, I know what you're saying. I, I think what you're saying is, are we? Sh- I mean. Is there is there a chance that Kelly right now is the best offensive play caller in the country? I, it's the the sample is small, but like you can't. I mean, who are you taking at, over? At some or? point, at some point, what's someone's gonna have to stop him? And if if nobody's doing it, the question I think just like looms out there, and it does give me a lot of confidence. I think it should give everyone a lot of confidence that. It, I mean, I think there's a chance we score like 45 points for, for the foreseeable future until yeah. so, you know, until somebody figures it out. So there, And the reason why I brought it up was, do you think Houston can score 31 on us? Because to me, that's really what it comes down to. If they can score more than 30 on us, then, you know, that, you know I don't know how to feel about it. But I just – I like – I think Clayton Doom's a really good quarterback, but the rest of their offense other than Dell – just there's there's nothing else about that offense that makes it look like it's like I I mean I hate I don't say I'm crazy but I think Kansas has better like 
talent in a lot of spots than they do. Yeah. On it definitely, it feels to me like a 42-27 game to me. And that, and like 27 may be high. That might, that might be like counting a punt return by Dell or something, you know, like, I don't know, like their offense score, just their offense scoring 31 would be hard for me to imagine at all without like a pick six, a fumble recovery, a specialty. Like it's hard for me to picture. Or like some, maybe like a 16 possession game, which means we might score 59 or something, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. If, if we're but just- I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things to me. It's like, I just didn't think at this point in the week that I would feel as confident about this game as I do. Um, because like before the year, I was like, eh, it's going to be pretty rough. But after watching them and watching us and then just really diving more deeply into their roster and what they have going on, I know I said it earlier, but like they just, this just is not the same quality of team as what they had last year. They just don't have the same caliber of players across the board that they no, did last year. They don't. And like, especially I could like their offense last year. I remember thinking I could see it getting going. Like their offensive line was better. They had a few more, they weren't like big name weapons. They were just like Hunter. I remember, was it you who like, you really like their tight end. Then they have like, I a still big, like their tight end. They, they have a the big tight one? end. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, they, I don't know. They ended up just not being a factor, but I, I don't know. I, uh, I think that's a good point. I, if we score 31, and that's again Kitley's lowest out point when he's at West or at you know his, his lowest point total when he is playing Indiana power like five, a game. <laughs> yeah, power five schools at Western Kentucky, his first year there. Uh yeah, that's that, that's a good step. That's definitely one that gets you thinking. I I I think DeRuder will I think we'll see more games from him, both. Secondary wise, I like we saw we saw it a little bit like where we'd go from an odd front to an even front to guys standing to guys down to linebackers in different spots. I think we'll see even more of that. I think we'll see it wouldn't shock me to see some cloud coverage, like maybe not the full drop eight, but just like y'all can you can catch it in front of us, you know, and we'll come up and tackle you. But put you're a not drive gonna, together like we dare you. Yeah. yeah, put a drive together because we we've seen him do that at Fresno State at Cal at Oregon, so I'd be shocked if that's not part of the game plan. And I and I also think that fits our personnel a lot better. So I, I think we'll see more of that. And I, I'm not sure that Houston is good enough to consistently put drives together. Do you, Hunter? You would know better, but I mean, like it. It seems like because this line started at what was it three? Was it U of H minus three to start? That's an interesting question. I, I'm I'm considering it a pick them just to open. That's kind of what it. Like when people get actually bet more than like $50 on the game, that's what it opened. Yeah. So it went from pick them, shot up to three, went to three and a half, I guess went to two and a half for a second, but now it's tech minus three, minus three and a half. So, so the reason that I ask is, is this a, it, cause like, and I want to ask you, like, is this a thing where could you see on Saturday at like 12 or one, like this, like ticking up to like tech minus four, or like four and a half? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I, th- I think it's more likely to go text way than um, yeah. way. and that's only because I'm seeing people. I know people who can impact the line or trying to bet tech. Yeah. So I know, it, you know, there's going to be a buffer there at like two and a half, like that people are just going to bet. It's never going to get below three because people are going to bet it so hard as soon as it does, that it'll mm-hmm. um, go back up. That's yeah. my opinion. That um, makes sense. I just, yeah, I, I felt good about this matchup last year. I feel good about it again. I feel, I mean, I don't and neither one of y'all. What as I'm one of the biggest anti U of H to the Big 12 guys there is. Like I I don't like it. I wish we didn't do it. Um, I think we, it could have been like an option of last resort. Um, like nobody was they weren't gonna go to the Pac 12 over us. It's not like not getting them would have like opened us up to anything. They were always gonna prefer the Big 12. But long story short, is this having said all that, I'm feeling some juice this week and yeah. I, I this is coming from someone who doesn't want to admit that but it's because we're playing <laughs> U of H it's because we're playing a team that's going to be in our conference there it's an in-state quote-unquote regional rivalry their fans are like calling me out on on Twitter I mean I, I can't you know it is kind of nice to feel some I'm feeling some juice which means I really want to win this game yeah. like I could you know there's going to come a time soon where when our schedule comes out and it's like okay I, if you're telling me K-State or U of H, I'm picking the U of H game. I want to win that one. No, yeah. uh, you know, I'll trade a loss for 
some north north school that I don't interact with anyone and don't ever don't really care about them. You know what else too? Like to to that point of like being week two and this having some juice. What I wish so bad, and I think the Big Twelve moving forward, what it would really benefit the the conference to do is the opening weekend have two or three conference games. The like opening weekend, um, yeah. the Big Ten does it every year, and they get the spotlight on a lot of like the for the big for like for the bigger like slots. Why not? Why can't why don't you do that as a Big Twelve? To me, I like that. I think it's fun having like something to look forward to in the opener. Yeah, for just it, playing the yeah. nobody. That's a good point. I mean, it I, it would be it would it would not impact my feelings or thoughts one way if you flip these last two weeks. If Murray mm-hmm. State was after Houston, kind of it's kind of how it was last year. Yeah, exactly um, how it was last year. And to me, you get this game and you go to Raleigh with free money, with house money, in my yeah. opinion. And then yeah. that that would be a good feeling. Like you go in there, you yeah. play well. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They also, admittedly, and I watched their game, they did not look nearly as good as I thought they would either. But, again, it's week one, so it's week one. That's an important reminder. I'm glad you said that. A lot of this is week one stuff. Week one, we've seen historically week one in college football is weird. (laughs) Like, And so I think it's – I mean, in in the NFL too. And I I just think it's important to remember it's random. Like you can't say, oh, well, we can take this from week one last year and train – like it's random, it's weird. So who knows before and before I forget, this was something I was meaning to say, and it relates to why I'm I have some confidence about the game. I, I think this will be for U of H, the toughest scout of, of their entire season, mm-hmm. you know, from every game from here on out, they'll play a team with, that have played multiple games. Um, so they're playing a tech team with totally new play callers. They only have the Murray State film to go off of. Half of that game was Baron Morton, super pissed off. The other half had a lot of Tyler Shuck in it. You've got to wonder, like, were we doing what we intend to do for the rest of the year in those games, but on both sides of the ball? And then you've got U of H, who has really shot their wad. I mean, they've shown what they are. I mean, the- theoretically, right? Like, they were in a series. <laughs> they went to triple overtime. I mean, if they if they weren't <laughs> running their stuff, they'll never run them. Um, and so I think they actually, you know, they have a film out there that's legitimate. We have one that might be, might not be. There's really not much to go off of. We've got a, a quarterback who, even if you are relying on that game plan, things could change dramatically when you trade the quarterback we had for one who's 240 pounds. Um, so I, th- I think this is just a tough scout for them in general. Yeah, because you could go back and, like, let's say you watch Donovan's best game and you watch Iowa State. We were huddling. Oh, yeah. We were – he was – you know, like he was on a – Or – Yeah. <laughs> or – or, or watch Mississippi State. We ran the ball every single play on our first drive for a touchdown. <laughs> yes. yes. That's not happening Saturday. <laughs> no. It's no. Honestly, yeah. like, if you might as well throw out last year's film because what Cumby was doing is so radically different. And he, even he like, like the, Donovan also is a radically different player. I can he didn't trust that. Donovan. He had him no. on like a tight leash. He was not going to, like, it was you only are throwing downfield when we have to, where it's where it could be a punt, basically. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. Yeah. I don't know. You're, that's a good point, Hunter. I don't know what they're going to do. And you know, Joey and Trailer, I'm sure, are talking all week. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. About what, you know, what to do yep. against, because like you said, UTSA outplayed them. Their game plan was better. They just, like what they had a, they stopped them on fourth and one, one time, but the guy ran off the field late. So they got a legal substitution penalty and Houston ends up scoring on that drive. Like if that doesn't happen, are we going to overtime? You know, like there's just a lot of stuff that went weird for UTSA, but like to Hunter's point, I think they did outplay them. But like I said, I just feel confident. I said it last year. I've seen better you uh, Houston teams lose to worse tech teams. And last year goes into that category. And I don't know. I think this tech, I think this tech offense is good enough to where I like our chances pretty much going into every game. And this is just another one. All right. Well, if, if, oh, I, I thought we were, I thought we were wrapping it up. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've but said before, all I needed to say. So before we go, I want to get, I'm going to get uh, Will's picks on over under. So I'm going to post them here. I've got 10 rapid fire. <laughs> I, go for it. I like questions it. for you. Um, so I'll put them in here. I think there's like, there's probably going to be about 75 people in this. Um, <laughs> and so each week on the, on the, uh, on this podcast, I'll we'll get Will's picks and I'll just submit them. Okay. All right, because this is the official podcast, the unofficial podcast of unofficial. Sports. But unofficial we do, podcast, 
but it's the only one that is catered to strictly yeah. regular right. sports members. Yes. All the other ones are for just your average person. Okay. You have to ask a friend to get access to the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Number one, percentage of student section still at the game at the start of the fourth quarter. The over-under is 67%, so two-thirds. Over or under I, that? I, I hate it, but under. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> it's a, it, Will's only saying that because it's going to be a blowout. All right. Total snaps by Baron Morton, regardless of position. Three and a half. Under. Who has the most touches? So carries or receptions, Sir Roderick or Taj? Taj. Total unsportsmanlike conduct penalties by either team, one and a half. Over. Clayton Tune interceptions, one and a half. Uh, under. Okay. Donovan Smith rushing yards 39 and a half. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, under. But that doesn't mean he isn't going to be effective in the red zone. I think All right, I'm, Texas Tech total points 33. I'm doing over for you. I know that yep, one. Over. Houston total points scored 30. Under. Targeting penalties enforced against Tech's defense 0.5. <laughs> Over because oh, like, no. they're going to get one. I mean, there, there's a high chance in college football you're going to get one. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Name or what tech receiver will have the f- highest fantasy output? And it's a like one PPR, so one point for a reception, but all other standards. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Loic. Right. Loic fungi. Okay. Nice. There we go. I like it. I like it. Anything else before we get out of here? Thoughts? Neither um, one of y'all are coming for this game, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be oh, on the you west will? side. West, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll get in like Friday around 6, flying from Love Field. Nice. So I'll be at Tom and Bingo's Saturday morning about 11.15. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I think I, the energy, the, the stadium is going to be juiced. It was unbelievable how it yeah. was. That's what I wanted to ask you, Taylor, because you were there. So, And everybody I talked to said it was like this awesome atmosphere. So I wanted to get your legitimate thoughts on what it felt like, like in the stadium the whole game. It it felt like I was going to an actual – like football game, not a not an FCS game. Like I thought there was, I had no idea what you were going to say. I thought there was going to be like some sexual or maybe religious. I didn't know what you were going to say. Right I did. I, I made it. And it was just. I felt like I was at a football game. Oh. <laughs> All right, a non FCS game. I uh, I made the, you know in the article I wrote. I I said it felt like the tech fan base and even the former player or the current players as a collective did like the Andy Dufresne hands in the air crawled through because like, like a lot of people have said it, the music was loud, like louder than I remembered. Like I thought I was kind of go maybe getting old, but now it's nice to know that that was on purpose. Um, People were there early. Like it was full, you know, as full as it's going to get at kickoff. And it was interactive all the way up until like we left at halftime because we brought the kid for the first time. Um, but I saw people, and I didn't even notice it at the time, but there was like, you know, people have complained about the commercials during the game. There's none of that. And it was just constant music, constant juice the entire time. And, and, and it's nice that McGuire seems to value that. Like you, you've heard m- yeah. multiple people say like, he's involved in that process. And I think he should be involved in that process. And so, yeah, it was just, you could just, you basically felt, and we've all talked about it, you felt the momentum of the program ever since Wells was fired and McGuire was hired, how it's just kind of like a snowball rolling downhill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then Saturday just kind of felt like it, it just got, you know, the culmination of all of that. There has been no, you know, there's been nothing to really kill the momentum. There's been no huge recruiting loss. There's been no big transfer, no coach, take a job and then leave. It's all been upward momentum and it just carried into that game. And it was like, it didn't matter if we were playing freaking post. So I'm glad the, you said that. The that is another part of this game that makes me – I want to win it for all the normal reasons, but I also just don't want the Maguire honeymoon to end. <laughs> yeah. I want – you know, and so, like, we had – you know, I think we need to win this game. There's yes. no other way around that. For Yes. 
like, I do it's not, not like we're going to turn it's not like we're going to turn on them or anything like that but no. I just I don't want the, the the I mean it's just been so great I just I don't want it to end I want at least another week yes yeah, yeah I don't want to have to write an article like here's where here's what went wrong <laughs> here's here's what I'll say if, if they win on Saturday regardless really of the NC State outcome I think that UT game is going to be juiced, like yes. juiced, juiced, juiced. Yeah, that's um, that's for sure. And I'll be there for that one. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, if if they can get through this pre, honestly, you're it'll probably be better if they win the home game. But if they go two and one at all over the next, you know, or I guess if they go one and one over the next two at all, that UT game is going to be fun. It's yeah, be yeah. Good. Um, and it's going to be closer. I think, I mean, I, I think I would make it UT, what would, like minus six and a half. I mean, it's going to be a close spread. It's going to be closer than like maybe UT fans think it'll be. Especially if, I mean, we saw how good UTSA, UTSA played against Houston. I mean, that's not going to be an easy game after Texas plays Alabama. That's just, it's not. And so, yeah, it'll be very, that, that'll, that'll be interesting. So, but yeah, I've, I'm excited. So. I'm ready to get to it. Anything else before we close this sucker out? Ready to get to Saturday, man. And that's the first time in years where, like, every Saturday I'm counting down, like, the hours. Yes. That is another good point. Yes. Yeah, like, I'm not dreading Saturday. I'm not thinking, what am I going to do in the second half when I'm so pissed off I can't watch anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I hope those days are over. But, yeah, let's get to it. All right. Well, we will see you all next week. Bye.